0: Donald Miller here. And before we begin today's episode, I'm excited to tell you about Business Made Simple's new assessment at MyBusinessReport.com. Knowing what's really going on with your business shouldn't be a mystery. We should be able to understand what's going wrong when something isn't working instead of just feeling like, I can't figure it out. Uh, it, it, It should be working better. My business report is going to reveal what is wrong with your business, and it's going to help you do something to fix it. Your report will provide an extensive breakdown of where your business is performing well, where you need to improve, and it will give you a customized plan for how to fix it. We're not talking about a little plan, we're talking about a 60-page report it will act like a playbook on how to improve your business. It is really valuable. Just complete the assessment, get your detailed report and receive a custom plan to fix your business. It's all completely free. Just go to mybusinessreport.com. Just go to mybusinessreport.com. Welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast, home of MyBusinessReport.com, the free assessment that gives you a detailed 60-page plan that will help you grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller, and every week on the show, we talk about a major problem business owners encounter, and we help you solve that problem. Well, today we're going to talk about the frustration and challenge that happens when you succeed (laughs) when you're doing extremely well. Customers are begging for your product. You know that the product works. Your marketing is going great. And you haven't seen your kids in a week. Well, we're going to talk about how to organize processes around your success, what you need to do. And today we're going to talk with business owner, Catherine Kelly. This is Catherine's situation exactly. Catherine is the owner and creative director at Catherine Kelly Design. It is an amazing and successful custom stationery business based here in Nashville, Tennessee. So today I'll be coaching her through solutions for using automation to cover overhead. And not only that, sort of professionalize the operation, developing systems and processes for every necessary role within her business. If your business is successful, but you feel like you are losing your mind, you're going to enjoy this conversation with Katherine Kelly from Katherine Kelly Design. Katherine Kelly, so good to talk to you. Thank you. Katherine Kelly Design is the name of your company. You you do stationery. You create stationery now, wedding invitations, birthday invitations, things like that. But that's not what you did when you started your company, right?
1: Correct. So I started off, I was an event planner uh, with another girl, and then COVID happened.
0: You guys just went to zero.
1: Yeah, we went from 100 to zero. Weddings were being postponed. Weddings were being canceled or rescheduled. and I had gone to school for graphic design and I was like, you know, I can, I can help you with your change the date or whatever. So I was doing some of that on the side. And then I was like, wow, I could probably do this for real. And, um, just slowly, but surely just word of mouth started helping people here, helping people there. I came up with some cute Valentine's day cards for my son and that's really what kicked everything off.
0: The Valentine's day cards for you. Well, first of all, kudos to you for having the market completely pulled out from under you. And immediately saying, "What does this make possible?" These people all need to change the date of their wedding. Maybe I can actually offer yeah, some value exactly. here. Exactly. Those are survi- those are called survivors in the business world. You know what I mean? You just innovate and you figure out where- what needs to change. So kudos to you for doing that. But then the reason that it really settled into something that you would like to scale is because of these Valentine's Day cards for your son. Explain that.
1: Yes. Okay. So where my son goes to school, I mean, you know, moms now, we just love all the little details. So Valentine's Day cards are one of the things that I learned very quickly are very important. What I wanted to do was just pair like a Hot Wheels car with a little card. So I made a cute little card that says, you drive me crazy, Valentine, Mm. or um, you make my heart race. And it was really cute. A friend of mine was like, let's just sell Etsy. I was like, okay. I didn't know anything about selling on Etsy. I added it. And I was selling them individually. So you could buy one. One was a dollar. And I sold probably total of like 300 cards that first week. And I was like, okay. And then I got, I kept getting all these requests. Can you do a unicorn? Can you do a rainbow? Can how much, you-
0: I'm curious. How much of this demanded your sort of creativity and winsomeness for each item? Were you just making like, I'll make 25 of these, 25 of these, and when they sell it, they sell out? Or... Do you have to sit and hand make every one? You know what I'm asking. How does this scale?
1: Yeah. So I'm a graphic designer. So I, I create the template, and then I work with an outside printer. So I will just send my template to a printer, and then they print and ship it to me, and I receive it like a few days later. I ship them out to the customers. I package them up, ship them out, make them look really cute.
0: Well, tell me, you know how has how has it been overwhelming? What has it felt like to go from event planning to To scaling up a card business and a stationary business.
1: Yeah. So going from the planning world, the complete standstill, it was just like, what am I going to do? I have a creative mind. I can't just do nothing. I have to be using my creativity somehow. So I did that out of a hobby. And then so since since then, it's turned into this full-blown business where to say I'm overwhelmed is complete understatement. Uh, I mean, like, you know, working until 2am, almost every day, Wow! like, my husband takes our kids to school, um, so that I can get that like one extra hour in because I'm better at night, you know, it's just it's crazy what we've had to like, change our lives around It's you know, right now, it's where it, that's where we are, because,
0: because of the because of the, the success. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. So yeah, I guess the hardest thing for me is figuring out where I can put my energy where I can delegate that other stuff that seems like I want to do it, but maybe I really don't need to be doing it.
0: You're making, you you, you told me a little bit ago, you're making about 30 grand a month, which is incredible. Thank you. I don't know how you're, how are you shipping off that many boutique orders? How many, how many customers are placing orders in a month to get that 30 grand?
1: Probably about a hundred and some of them are custom, which would be a lot more. Some of them are Etsy, which is a template. So that's a little bit less. Some of them are, we actually are in a bunch of stores. So some of them are wholesale orders. Wow, some you're of them wholesaling. are Yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah. So, I mean, it just ranges. People will call on me for, you know, their wedding menu, their wedding program. I mean, just all types of stuff.
0: Catherine, you know, one of the things that I would want to do, I would do a product profitability audit. And 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 what I would actually do is say, okay, you know, this is where your thirty grand is coming from. Where is the most demand, and what items are the most profitable? And then what items are costing you the most labor? You know, if you if you went into a restaurant and said, um, "I'd like the salmon sandwich," and the waiter said, "We don't have a salmon sandwich, but I, I I'm going to get one for you. If you give me about fifteen extra minutes, I'm going to go find some salmon." That's one way to do a restaurant another way to do it at a restaurant is say we don't have a salmon sandwich we have a chicken burger it's really good <laughs> You know what I mean? yeah and then they go okay yeah i guess i'll have the chicken burger
1: i would be option a
0: <laughs> right and so the problem with option a and a lot of our listeners are listening right now going oh my gosh we're option a the problem with option a is you can't scale that booger i mean you just can't do it correct right if you're gonna go it's exhausting. yeah if you're gonna go fishing and find some salmon and and Make it for every customer, you're gonna have three customers at the end of a week. And so it's a lot, it's a lot of trouble for some business leaders. You know, in their heart, what they have to do is say, no, I'm going to have a fixed menu. I'm gonna let people know this is what we sell. I'm gonna try to make that menu as attractive as possible, as profitable as possible. I'm really gonna listen to my customers. But at some point, the menu is actually fixed. We've stopped. Because if you think about the most successful economic restaurants in the world are not restaurants that have Michelin stars in Paris. They're, those people barely make money. You know, They're not James Beard award-winning restaurants. You know what they are? They're Chick-fil-A. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know I mean? totally. They're
0: like nobody goes through the drive-through at Chick Fil A and says, "Hey, w- what are the chances that one of you high school kids can go get me a fresh-caught salmon?" <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, they accept the agreement that they have, and that allows them to scale. So, wh- us as business leaders constantly have to sort of say, "Okay, how much concierge custom business do I want to do?" But do uh, if I want this thing to get to twenty, thirty million, where I'm on a yacht checking in once a week to make sure everything's going well, you can't do that.
1: You're not fishing for salmon. That's
0: exactly it. You have to actually have a fixed menu of products. Let me ask you, though, before we even get into that, Catherine, how big do you want this thing to get?
1: I don't talk about it very often, but I would definitely say that I have much bigger plans than what's happening right now.
0: I love that. So that's good to know. That makes the rest of my advice make more sense. The one thing that I was going to ask you about, because it sounds like, you know, 30000 a month, about 360000 a year. Do you mind sharing with us how much profitable, how profitable that is? Or do you sort of have a rough idea and you're not, the, the books aren't in that good of an order yet?
1: Um, expenses are probably about 35% of that, I would say.
0: That's astronomical. You're doing much better than most. I mean, you're mo- doing much better than almost all and You're at the top. Um, sounds like you've got cash flow going so the first thing is just get some cash and then what and then in whatever way you could automate that. So for instance if um, if you know look we, we can make $10,000 a month literally just reordering the same amount from the printer shipping it to this warehouse and posting this information on Etsy. You know if you could do like in 3 calls I can make $10,000 every month. I call that manna from heaven. It's, it's literally just mo- – it's money that you walk out on your front lawn and it's there. And then what I try to do is I try to make manna from heaven cover 100 percent of my overhead so that basically in three phone calls a month, I'm profitable and everything else is on top of that. Of course, you want it to be even more than that. So one of the things I would do is just figure out where your automated money is coming from. Sounds like Etsy's a really good place. Then the next thing is to figure out how you're going to staff your liabilities. And because my guess is, Catherine, you're the sort of charismatic figure that is the reason that the company is doing well. But if you spend your time driving to the printer and picking something up, as your company succeeds... you're going to get some diminishing returns. And normally what it is when you scale a business, there's an S-curve. So the business climbs to where you are now, $360,000 a year. Then because Catherine is driving down to the printer and doing press checks, and because she's talking to a customer on the phone for three and a half hours about fonts for their wedding invitation, what happens to the company is it begins to decline. And the reason that begins to decline is because the magic sauce, which was Catherine, the magic sauce wasn't just Catherine. The magic sauce was Catherine sitting at her computer being creative and inspired and making something really, really fun that her son loved to take to school and other moms want their sons to take to school. Now Catherine, the magic sauce, sitting at her computer being creative— is gone because she's doing a press check and talking to somebody for three hours about a wedding invitation. And she hasn't gone up from the basement that they've renovated in about three days. <laughs> so
1: that's, that is literally the current problem that we have. <laughs> that is, you described it perfectly.
0: All right. So where you are right now is you're in the peak of the S-curve. So the next, the next stage of the S-curve is actually a downturn in both revenue and profit. What we want to do is avoid that. And the way we avoid that is we acknowledge, here's where Catherine should be, and we've got to reverse engineer this entire business so Catherine stays where she should be. And that means somebody is driving to do the press check, somebody is actually talking to the client about the fonts and their wedding invitation, somebody else is doing that stuff, and you're basically staffing what I call your liabilities. They're, They're things that either you're not good at or you're good at and you just shouldn't be doing. Now, the hard part about that is somebody like you and me, we have a hard time letting go of some of those things. And so we end up doing them ourselves because we're the only ones who can do them right. And right. then we're not sitting at our computer with the magic sauce and we go straight into the S-curve. And usually somebody will not give up control until they start seeing revenue and profit go down. And then they go, okay, I got to go back to what, where the magic is. So you're sort of looking for a person who can do a lot of the things that you think only you can do. And here's the good news. That person not only exists, there are a lot of them, and they're actually better at it than you are.
1: That that would be great. I have an assistant, (laughs) and she's wonderful, but, you know, there's there's only so much that two of us can do. It's just, you know, you're right. There's so much that can be delegated releasing control is difficult.
0: Yep. It is difficult because, you know, it, it's difficult. It's one of the reasons that the same reason your business succeeded is the same reason it will decline. I know that if I don't have 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. pretty much every every morning to write my books or create business content, this company goes down about nine months later. So I, so I, and I've learned it. And so we don't mess with that. It's 7 right. a.m. to 10 a.m., Donald Miller is sitting in it. It's my time to do what I do best. Everything else is secondary. So part of scaling your company and so great because you're actually beating, you are ahead of where most people begin to experience this decline. You're, you haven't experienced it yet, but I'm telling you, you're going to. But if you can actually, you can actually protect, no, this is what I can do and what only I can do. This is what somebody else can do. The job now is to make those two lists. Here's the magic sauce, Catherine doing this. Here's the secondary stuff. And what you're going to end up with is a job description for yourself and a job description for basically a project manager. Okay. Your, your assistant's great because she's handling your schedule. You know, I, I hope you get to the point with your assistant where you're not even thinking about dry cleaning. You're not thinking about getting your haircut. My, my haircut is scheduled by my assistant. I, I know that when I wake up in the morning, I've got a haircut today. I did nothing to remind them I needed a haircut. They just know every three and a half weeks, Don needs a haircut. You know, everything that you can possibly give to that assistant, give it to them, including, and some people are going to turn off the podcast right now, run their car off the road. Listen, you know, you're making $360,000 a year, top line revenue, profit. You shouldn't be thinking about dinner. You shouldn't. You're too important. You should have somebody coming in and cooking for you or somebody figuring out, unless you like to cook and, la- and you're not going to no. take that away. There you go. <laughs> what you should be doing is walking up after a day of, of inspirational working, spend an hour with your kids and your husband before dinner, sit down, look them in the eye, have a great conversation. Somebody else did the cooking. Now you say, Dom, why would you do that? The reason I would do that is because that's going to make Catherine a ton of money. Not, it's not going to cost you money. It's going to make you money. You only, you know, let's say you only get a, you can only get 120 decisions a day. If 23 of them relate to dinner, then 23 of them don't relate to taking your printing to Singapore, which would make you half a million dollars two years from now. Right. Your brain needs to be
1: thinking bigger.
0: That's exactly it. And you want to job out the smaller stuff. And then the third, and this is going to be a little bit difficult probably for Somebody who thinks what you do is we've got to turn things into systems and processes so that your project manager can be replaced. What I mean by that is you can't be dependent on a dynamic personality who comes alongside you. You need to be dependent on systems and processes that that dynamic personality can then train somebody else to do. And when you when you probably have your level of creativity and intelligence, you probably just use your gut. Do you use your gut on a lot of decisions? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's I and mean, that's beautiful, but that doesn't scale, right? Catherine's gut can't go into somebody else's gut. You got you know, They got their <laughs> own gut. Yeah. You want to have that project manager. And I would literally look for a project manager. And together with the project manager, because they're probably going to be better at this than you are. My project managers are way better at this than I am. You're going to come up with the seven steps that you take from an inquiry about wedding invitations to those are delivered and the money's in the account. You know, these are the seven steps. And we take these seven steps every time. If, they, if we need to add an eighth, we'll add an eighth. If we need to just do six, we'll six. But we will come up with fixed processes. And the idea is that that project manager can train somebody else because of fixed processes. That's, that's how you scale a business. Then, down the road the last part is you leave. <laughs> and I know that sounds crazy.
1: I know, but I know what you mean. I know I know what you mean. 8
0: or 10 years, years from now you're going to be over it. So you are either going to you're going to sell the business for 8 to 12 times your EBITDA. That's earnings before taxes, debt, interest and assets. Or you're going to Replace yourself as CEO, and you're just going to keep taking the profit from the business, and you're, going to, you're always going to put in about five hours a week in the business.
1: But I'll have a working machine below me.
0: That's exactly it. And your only job in those five hours a week is to let people know that you care. Right. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know I mean? Totally. <laughs> Well, a lot of people are wondering where they can look at your stuff. It's at Katherine Kelly Design, K E L L Y com. Katherine K A T H E R I N E Kelly Design.com. We think the world needs to know about you and everything that you're doing. And I'm glad that you want to scale and grow your business. And if we can ever serve you in any other way, let us know.
1: Thank you so much for everything.
0: I hope that you got as much as uh, as I kept hearing in this conversation with Catherine. I mean, you know, we interview these business leaders and you just want them to grow. They're, They're so what they're doing is so good. And so the problem that Catherine was having is scaling. How does she how does she get out beyond herself? How does she actually take what she's gifted at? and duplicate it over and over so that millions of people can sort of take her artwork and her creativity and put it on their own self-map and have a more strong understanding of even themselves – because of the work that she's doing. How do you scale beyond yourself? Well, let's break down this week's plan of action, the part of each episode where I coach you through points in today's conversation you can immediately implement to strengthen and grow your own business. Of course, all this has to do with getting out beyond yourself. The first is, and you can pull it out of the conversation, go back and listen if you want, she needs to automate some sort of cash flow that happens without her having to do such hard work. And I like automating cash flow that meets 100% of your overhead. So you're never actually having to hustle. You know, uh, you want to look for ways to make money that don't require very much work. Now, there's not a lot of that out there. We were born to work, designed to work. Work is a necessity for 99% of us, and work is a great thing. But if you can cover your overhead with some sort of automated revenue stream, you're going to be doing great. Catherine's opportunity there was Etsy. If she would just take, and she already is, if she takes some of these Valentine's cards, birthday cards, you know, stock stuff that we all need, Christmas cards for your corporation, you know, if she has 300 cards that go out on behalf of your company that are just stock templated cards that will be unique that nobody else has seen, that's going to be really successful for her. And she's going to need X amount of dollars every month off of Etsy. What she has to do is order the cards from the printer. Get them to wherever warehouse they ship out from, pay somebody to look at the orders on Etsy every day, make sure the, the the Etsy menu of of products is up to date. You know, she wants to get that down to about two hours a week. Two hours a week pays for all of your overhead. That's your personal assistant, that's your own salary, that's your commercial rent. Every you want to build that first. The second thing I would do is staff your liabilities. So you got to figure out what your sweet spot is, where does the company make its most money because of you? If you make sales calls, you know the company makes money. If you get out and speak and and entertain an audience, you know the company makes money. Whatever only you can do, you've got to protect because that basically, if you think about it, is the product in some ways because it's so directly connected to the product. You've got to be able to only do that pretty much and staff out everything else. And that means you've got to go through the psychological, emotional discomfort of letting go control. you got to let go of the control of some of this company. Give it to other people. I promise you they are competent. They are better at it than you are is what you are going to discover. If you do that, what you do is you prevent the down part of the S-curve. Remember, the company goes up because you have such a great idea and you're such a great person and everybody wants to buy it. Then the the, the demand gets so high. Now you've got so many orders. Now you're doing things that weren't involved in building the product in the first place, and now the product begins to decline. The the supply and demand don't match up. The demand begins to decline, and the company goes down. That's called the S-curve. You got to prevent the second part of that S-curve, the downturn, by staffing out stuff so you can stay in your sweet spot. Then the next thing you want to do is all those people that you hired to help you their jobs need to be detailed in terms of systems and processes because that's going to allow you to replace those people if they need to go or do something else. Remember, that you know, this is a job to them. It's not a calling in their life. You, you've got to be able to replace those with systems and processes. That's going to save you an enormous amount of time in the future. Being an artist, uh, being an entrepreneur, having an idea for a product, bringing it to market is one kind of passion. Running a company is a second kind of passion and a second skill set. If you want to scale, you kind of have to do both. You kind of have to do both. So this episode is really about scaling yourself When you are limited in your capacity, there are some great strategies and tips in there on how to do that. I hope if you are in Catherine's position that you felt like you got a really good coaching session too. Listen, some of you really enjoyed listening to the conversation and you're saying, gosh, I wish I could have a conversation like this. Well, there's a potential that you can. If you have a really interesting business and it's struggling and you're not sure how to grow it and you want to have a great coaching conversation, go to businessmadesimple.com slash Podcast com slash podcast and enter yourself into the mix. We might actually have you on the show and help you figure out how to grow your business. businessmadesimple.com slash podcast. I love these conversations. I absolutely love them. It's just so fun to see the potential and help people kind of see it more clearly. Sometimes you're so close to what you're doing, it's almost like you could help somebody else grow their business more than you can help yourself. And you just need somebody to have fresh eyes on it and give a fresh perspective. Go to businessmadesimple.com slash podcast and enter yourself into the mix today. That's all for this episode. I want to thank you as always for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where every week we'll help you discover a little something that's wrong with your business and we show you how to fix it.